Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. H. Joe broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Yeah, early odds on a Friday night. Usually Saturday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m., right here on Sports Radio 670, the score. But the deal is, throughout the madness, next four weeks, you can catch us Friday nights right here at 6 o'clock. And we'll try to help you with uh, the upcoming weekend wagers, so make sure you plan accordingly. So much going on as we're getting set for Selection Sunday. Free agency in the NFL, sort of starting on Monday, sort of not. Yeah, the tampering period, but then it officially begins on Thursday. And, of course, baseball is right around the corner. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll check in with our college hoops guru, Eli Herskovich. Heard him this morning uh, right here on The Score with Mullion Hall doing a great job. He's the executive producer of my weekday sports betting podcast. It's called BetQL Daily. Make sure you're subscribed if you are not already. Co-hosted this morning with Chris Raji. So had a lot of fun talking plenty of college hoops, some NBA, a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Even some baseball on the MVP awards if there's some value out there in the betting landscape. So when Eli jumps on, we'll discuss tonight's matchup. Hit on tomorrow a little bit, but we don't know all the games at the moment. We'll provide some expert tips that will help you win your NCAA office pool. Alex Smith will drop by to talk about the Blackhawks from a betting perspective. Tonight's card, tomorrow's card, awards, futures, all that good stuff in the NHL. And just like every single week, Jim Miller will drop by with a winner in horse racing, Jim from Hawthorne Racecourse. Bulls and Heat go at it tonight over at the United Center, a 7.45 pregame, 8 o'clock tip here on the score. Miami is favored by two, the total sitting around 220.5, 2.21. Both clubs are on a back-to-back. Bulls faster-paced team without much defense. Bulls six in pace, and Miami just happens to be bottom six in pace. So they're going to slow it up a little bit. To start the second half, Miami took care of Orlando last night, 111 
to 101. Heat are playing well. You expected them to finally turn it around once they got a little bit of healthy, and that's what's happening right now. Even though injury bugs still hitting them, but I'll get to that in just a second. Miami has won eight of their last nine games, and they're now sitting above 500. Bulls, well, what else is there to say aside from uh, just an embarrassment last night? I know you're facing the team with the best record in the East in Philadelphia, but come on, man. Your opponent is missing their two best players. They're all-stars. You're supposed to participate in the all-star game, but uh, that did not happen with Embiid, the MVP candidate, the favorite, according to many, and Ben Simmons. They're both out of the game. You're rested. Only Zach Levine was involved in the all-star festivities. You're favored at home, and you lose by 22. Oh, yeah, by the way, Dwight Howard made it look like uh, it was 15 years ago the way he put it on you, in the paint, coming off the bench for 18-12. and 12. A complete no-show by Billy Donovan's squad. Now, a year ago, I wouldn't know what to think about tonight's contest. And that's the impact that we've seen from Billy Donovan. I'm expecting a better effort, but the question is, are they going to keep it within one possession or pull off the slight upset over the Miami Heat, not quite sure about that, but that was so disappointing what we saw in the Bulls last night to start the second half. This Bulls-Heat matchup, it's the first time these two clubs are going to play all year. And I mentioned Miami getting healthier. However, there is one big injury. The Bulls are getting healthier as well. And that was one of the reasons. It was such a sad effort. But the key here is Bam out of bio for Miami. He is out once again. And when Bam is not on the court, we see a big spike in usage from both Jimmy Butler and Kelly Olynyk. The Olynyk one is obvious. He's just taken up all his minutes. Now, will both of them play a ton on a back-to-back? That is a, a fair question, but this is how I'm going to attack this game. It worked for me last night with Olynyk. He went over his point total in the first quarter. Now, the player prop is a couple points higher, so you want to take that into account. This is a little narrative-driven, but it's also based on the situation. Jimmy Butler, you know he's going to want to be on the court as much as possible. Mentioned his usage goes up when Bam is not on the court, and he's going to want to ball out against the Bulls. Here are the props for Butler. Points is set at 23.5. Last four games, he's gone over 23.5. 8.5 rebounds. Nine and a half assists. Now, those are lofty, but he has been a triple-double threat much of the season. The rebounds and assists combo has been one that's worked for me. That was bumped up from last night, 16 and a half, to 17 and a half tonight. But even at that number of 17 and a half, Butler's gone over in three of his last four games. Points, rebounds, and assists combined. It's set at 41 and a half this morning when I talked about it on BetQL Daily. It was 40 and a half, but let's work with this number of 41 and a half. He's still gone over in three of four. There was a stretch this season when Butler had four triple doubles in five games, and the payout on that is better than three to one. The way I look at it in this spot, is Butler going to get a triple double one out of every three times at least? Yeah, I'd say so. So if you want to put a little something on Butler to get that triple-double against his former team, I could certainly see that happening. I like a bunch of these Butler props here. Now, rebounds and assists on their own, eh. 
Don't love it as much. Rebounds, 8.5. Assists, 9.5. Now, you combine them at 17.5. I don't mind that. And he's now scoring. The offense has to go through Butler. Dragic working his way back into the offense. Tyler Hero, he comes off the bench. So much of the time when Butler's logging those 33, 34, maybe even more minutes tonight, um, much of the offense is going to go through Butler. Olenek, not a bad play either, because consider the matchup. At that five spot, that is where the Bulls have been torched all season. So again, I don't hate the Bulls getting a couple points at home against the Miami Heat. That would be my lean, but I'm really going to focus in on Jimmy Butler. Offense going through him. Revenge City. It's a good matchup for him, and it's also a strong matchup for Kelly Olenek. But uh, watch out for Butler going over 17.5 rebounds and assists. And if you don't like that, 23.5 points. I could see him going over that number as well. Let's move from the association to the collegiate level. I promised Eli. So here's Eli Herskovich, executive producer of BetQL Daily. It's an awesome show. You should check it out. He co-hosts BetQLU, and he's a college hoops advocate, according to his Twitter handle. And he joins me on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. Eli, we have to start with what's been going on in these conference tournaments. What we've witnessed over the last two days, if it portends to uh, what's going to happen the rest of the month, man, there is going to be a party. Earlier this week on BetQL Daily, we talked about Georgia Tech at 25 to 1 to win the ACC. Whole lot of luck. All of a sudden, they're in the title game because they didn't have to play Virginia. You were on Seton Hall at 10 to 1, and they won the coin flip on Thursday with an overtime game. We'll see what happens tonight against Georgetown. And you've also been pumping up Texas at 7 to 1. And they didn't even have to deal with Kansas due to a positive test. Not that we want these positive tests that are happening, but I'm just asking you as a sports better. Everything is going your way over the last 48 hours. Are you concerned going into uh, the big tourney? Yeah, it's a a little concerning because you think about these are all separate bubbles and all these players are going to be in one bubble with all these teams. So, yes, it's a little concerning from that perspective, but as a sports better, you're just trying to find the value within the given games that are being played. So whether there are teams that bow out in the first round, whether it's four teams, whether it's eight teams, whether it's 16 teams, who knows? We're just trying to find the most value with the with the games that are being played. So not super worried about it. We'll deal with it. And just excited to have college hoops in March. How many brackets are you going to fill out before you have your final one? Probably one or two. I take a good look for about an hour, hour and a half on after selection Sunday, sit down with a paper and pen, look at it on the computer as well, do some digging. Usually my first or second bracket is the one I go with because there are teams, obviously it's matchup dependent, but there are teams that I think are kind of quote unquote matchup proof. And obviously no team is matchup proof. That's why I put it in quotes, but just in terms of teams that have the various pieces and the various elements to make a run and maybe they were a little underperforming if they're underperformed for stretches of the, of the season and therefore they were underseeded. So I would say earlier on Sunday than you would think. We do have some Saturday contests with point spreads that we can talk about in a few minutes, but uh, first let's hit on these games that have not started tonight and we'll keep it local or somewhat local in the big 10, Wisconsin and Iowa, your Hawkeyes favored. By four and a half points. How do you gauge this matchup? 
Yeah, I'm on Wisconsin getting the four and a half. Last week on Sunday, Wisconsin lost that game in Iowa City, but they did cover the spread. And there were some pretty bad calls down the stretch. Jordan Bohannon got three free throws on a bad foul call on Demetri Trice, Wisconsin's point guard. Bohannon's Iowa's point guard was a tie game with under a minute to go. Trice didn't even foul him. Bohannon leaned in. They called the foul. There was a bad hook and hold call on Brad Davidson that gave Iowa's forward Keegan Murray a couple free throws. So Iowa got the benefit of the whistle a ton down the stretch in that game. Wisconsin's going to have revenge on its mind. It's not like this line is a pick em. I think you're getting some value because if Wisconsin had hung on to a double-digit lead against Penn State yesterday, I don't think this line is that dramatically different, but it's probably around three and a half, four, closer to that number rather than four and a half. If Wisconsin can keep this thing within two possessions, it's because of their three-point shooting. One of the better perimeter offenses when they're hitting shots in college basketball, that's a big if, but they did hit shots against Penn State. Iowa has one of the worst perimeter defenses, if not the worst perimeter defense in the Big Ten. So if Wisconsin hits shots like they did last night against the Nittany Lions, they should keep this thing within two possessions. Eli, you were right on how Creighton was going to handle the, the Coach McDermott situation there. I thought he was done for the season, and what do you know? He is back in time. Maybe for some, they were hesitant to back Creighton due to everything going on, a lot of distractions, but we just saw them just pummel Butler in back-to-back matchups tonight. They get UConn and Creighton, the slight favorite, one and a half. Yeah, I would lean towards Creighton just because we don't know how effective Book Knight is going to be after he got hurt against DePaul yesterday. You would expect he's going to come out, and there were some reports that it could have been cramps. Who knows exactly what it is for Book Knight? But that's the kind of the concern. I'm going to stay away from the game. I lean Creighton. While UConn's defense has played really well, they also got the benefit of a pretty light schedule going into the conference tournament, and then they, and then they played DePaul in their opening game of the Big East tournament. Creighton, yes, they've dealt with the distractions that you mentioned, but still a very, very high-level offense that is playing better defensively than they have in years past just because they play at that sort of a tempo. When you, and when you play at that sort of a pace, it's typically going to affect your defense, but Creighton's defense is a little improved in comparison to, in comparison to last season. So because we don't know how effective BookNet is going to be, I would lean towards Creighton, but the spread kind of indicates at one and a half for the Blue Jays that it's close to a pick It's close to a 50-50 coin flip. I'm going to stay away and just watch the game. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest, Eli Hershkovich. Follow him on Twitter, at Eli Hershkovich. He knows more about college hoops than anybody else out there. And Eli, there's one more SEC game, which has not tipped off later this evening. We've got Ole Miss and LSU. LSU Tigers favored by one. Yeah, I lean towards LSU in this game. Ole Miss was one of the more trendy teams to win the conference tournament, to win the SEC tournament going in, even though their odds are pretty high, which I guess for some sharp betters kind of made them think there was some value there. And there could be. Ole Miss's defense is one of the best in the SEC. But I just really like how LSU's offense is clicking down the stretch. Now, they play at a very fast tempo. LSU's offense is very explosive. Ole Miss, like I mentioned, one of the better defenses in the conference. But just in terms of the way the market is perceiving this game, making this game a pick em. Ole Miss wants to turn you over. LSU has the lowest turnover rate in SEC play. Yes, Ole Miss can control the glass. They have one of the better 
rebounding rates at both ends of the floor in conference play. And they have a, they have a height advantage in this game too. But if LSU's offense is clicking like it did down the stretch, even with Ole Miss's defense playing as well as it did, if, if LSU can hit their threes, because that's how you beat Ole Miss. That's the one area of their defense that's a little susceptible is to the three ball. They can win this game. They should win this game. Similar to UConn and Creighton, it's priced at around a pick. LSU minus one. I would lean towards the Tigers, but staying away. We have one more in the Mountain West that I want to hit on for tonight. San Diego State favored by eight against Nevada. Do you have a play on this contest? Yeah, I like Nevada in this one, getting the eight against San Diego State. Uh, Nevada's backcourt played really well against Boise State in their Mountain West tournament opener. They have two of the better guards, two of the better mid-major guards in the country, and Grant Sherfield and Desmond Cambridge. Both, even though San Diego State's ball pressure could give a Nevada team some issues, especially if they turn the ball over like they have in the latter part of conference play. But overall this season, overall in conference play, Nevada hasn't turned the ball over a ton, so that shouldn't affect them too much. If Nevada's able to get to the lane as well with those guards, San Diego State allows a good amount of, allows a good amount of points from the free throw line. So Nevada attacking his transition is, is the key to this game because Nevada and San Diego State want to speed you up. But if Nevada can get to the rim, get some stops, keep San Diego State away from the offensive class, and it's not like the Aztecs are one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the conference. So I would expect this game to finish within three possessions, especially if Nevada's hitting those shots with those guards and keep this thing a three-possession game. Eli, let's get to Illinois Loyola in a minute, but uh, at the time we do have some matchups set for Saturday in these conference tournaments. Look at the early games in the Big Ten, Ohio State and Michigan. The Wolverines are favored by six over at points bet. Yeah, I know this line might seem like an overreaction to some, even with the way Ohio State has played down the stretch, almost blowing a, a huge lead to Purdue before coming back and winning the game in overtime in their Big Ten tournament opener. But Ohio State's defense is awful. Just inside the top 100 and adjusted defensive efficiency on Kempom. And even though their offense is clicking, I get it. They had a pretty good overtime just, just at that end of the floor. But Michigan's defense, as we saw in the second half against Maryland, if Hunter Dickinson isn't in foul trouble, like he was in the first half against the Terps in their Big Ten tournament opener, Michigan should dominate this game at the offensive end. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't finish within two possessions, but the market is going to say, okay, this line closed at around Michigan minus one, minus one and a half in Columbus. So why is this game all the way up to six? It's because it's a reflection of the way Ohio State played down the stretch. And I'm not sold on this Buckeyes team. Some people are saying that they're turning it around come the NCAA tournament. They're turning things around and they will turn things around. That was just a, a speed bump in, the, in their uh, season. I think it's more so the overall going back to where they should have been just where they should, how they should have finished the season, how they how they should have played this entire year. I think it's more of a regression thing with the Buckeyes than any sort of a speed bump, and they'll, they'll pick it back up because their defense was the concern, and it still is the concern for this Buckeyes team. So I don't see a lot of value in the line, but I, I don't see value in betting Ohio State tomorrow. Early odds with Joe Shawski, Sports Radio 670, the score with Eli Herskovich. Eli, in the SEC on Saturday, Alabama against Tennessee, the Crimson favored by three. Both of us have an 80-to-1 ticket. Are you feeling better uh, after what we saw out of Alabama earlier today? Yeah, and the more I kind of dig into Alabama, still an elite defensive team, top five overall in adjusted, de adjusted defensive efficiency. 
the big issue for Alabama down the stretch in the season was teams saw them, them the second time. They saw Alabama twice, so they got a look at that sort of a style of play. Tennessee saw it early in conference play. These two teams didn't face off a second time, so it's been a while, but Tennessee played well against Florida in their opener. I, I just think the way Alabama plays and the style of play against the Tennessee offense that is inconsistent. If Alabama's clicking on all cylinders like they did on Friday, the key, one of the keys to Alabama's offense, Josh Primo, one of their two guards got hurt in that game. So that's a big, that's a big uh, factor going into this one if he's ready to play, even though Alabama has a lot of weapons. But similar to Ohio State and Michigan, I think this line is about right. I don't see a lot of value in, in Alabama, uh, even though it's with, around a possession at Alabama laying the three. And I don't see value in Tennessee because I think the market has priced this one based off of the way they played down the stretch with those back-to-back wins over Florida. So I, I guess maybe a slight edge to Alabama in this game, especially if it drops to, to two and a half. Maybe the market keeps coming in on Tennessee, but no play for me in, in the SEC semifinal of the, uh, of the conference tournament. Eli Herskovich, let's close with this. Can you envision a scenario? I'm not going Final Four, but I am going Elite Eight. Can you envision a scenario where both the Illini and Loyola Ramblers are in the Elite Eight? Yeah, it's it's all about the draw, though, with Loyola Chicago, because if they get an eight or nine seed with that style of an offense where you have to be ultra efficient, and let, even if they were to beat the nine seed, if they were able to beat the eight seed, if they're in that, eight, nine matchup, then you have to go up against the number one overall seed, whether it's Michigan, whether it's Illinois, whether it's Baylor, whether it's Gonzaga. I I just have a tough time seeing Loyola being able to operate offensively. And at that sort of a pace where you play at such a slow tempo that you have to score seemingly on, let's say at that sort of a pace. I mean, you have to be again, super efficient offensively to be able to keep up with those elite offenses. So Loyola Chicago needs to get a good draw and they need to get a 10 or an 11 seed like they did a few years back to be able to make a run. But Illinois should be able to get to the elite eight because they have one of the best closures in college basketball in Iowa Sumu. Three of the best guard combos or one of the best guard combinations in the country in Dasumu, um, Trent Frazier and Andre Curbelo, the freshman. I mean, that's as good of a guard combo guard trio as you're going to get in college basketball and an elite big in Kofi Coburn. He's taking a big step as a sophomore. So Illinois definitely has the pieces with the style of play that they play at and the defense that they play at to make a run. But if Loyola Chicago is going to join them in the elite eight, if Illinois were to get there, they would need to get a good draw and a good seed. Eli early odds is on 670 this score on a Friday night and for the next four weeks, because BetQL's countdown to tip off will be on the score on Saturday mornings. You're the EP. You're going to be appearing on the air during that show, and it's going to air here on the score. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, Nick Costos and a bunch of different guests, a bunch of different co-hosts will be joining him for every single Saturday of the college basketball of the NCAA tournament. So it's going to be really exciting. We'll, we'll be breaking down all the lines, all the totals. We'll have a Selection Sunday show as well. This Sunday, airing from 7 to 9 here in Chicago. Won't be airing on the score, but you can catch it on radio.com and the radio.com app and select uh, markets across radio.com sports stations, breaking down the bracket, breaking down their title picks, but starting off tomorrow, breaking down the conference tournament semifinals and title games from seven and nine here on the score. And we'll be doing the same thing starting Monday with BetQL daily, correct? Exactly. Breaking down the bracket, breaking down 
the lines that stand out, breaking down the totals that stand out, breaking down if there's any futures value mm-hmm. that's left. A lot to get to once, once this uh, bracket is set. All right. Thanks, Eli. You'll rest in April. <laughs> rest in early April. As soon as <laughs> April 6th comes around, I'll be sleepy for the next month. Just two more sleeps and you'll be searching for your Cinderella's to make it to the Elite Eight or Final Four. So I reached out to an expert on how to win the cash in your office or online pool with your friends. And we'll let you know how to bet the Blackhawks and the rest of the NHL over the next couple days. That is next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on Fridays at 6 for the next month on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. This is 670 The Score, Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station, period. Thanks for keeping us on top, Chicago. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Listener line is open 24 7, 365, and powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Fridays at 6 o'clock temporarily. We're usually Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670, the score, but through the end of college basketball season, we're going to do this show on Fridays. Some Hawks and hockey talk in a few minutes. Uh, brackets are out on Sunday. And you're going to have to turn yours in by Friday. So by the time we get to the next early odds, next Friday night, the tournament's already going to be underway. This week on my BetQL Daily Pod, I spoke with the author of How to Win Your NCAA Tournament Pool. His name is Ed Fang, really smart guy. Here are some of his useful tips to keep in mind when you're filling out your brackets. It started back in 2015. I think it was January of that year, and I decided to just uh, put down, you know, these thoughts that, that I had and, and, you know, do the research and, and get this advice out about how to win your pool. And man, that was long. I guess that was six years ago. So it's been quite a while. Um, but the basics is that you need to think about the size of your pool in order to optimize your odds of winning. And the basics are you don't want to get in too large a pool, right? Don't get into that thousand person pool unless you're happy winning once every 30 years on average. I mean, the odds decrease exponentially with the more people that are in your pool. The easiest thing to do is get in a pretty small pool uh, of about 10 people. And and the smaller your pool, the more uh, a favorite strategy should work. So you go to my site uh, with some of my rankings, especially the ones I have for members. You go to Kempom pick the higher ranked team in every game uh you know this year it's going to be picking gonzaga's champ that's going to be a pretty good strategy but really what's interesting to me is the middle uh where you get somewhere between 10 and 100 people in your pool there are instances where you can do better than that favorite strategy and that's what i call the contrarian approach and for the betters that listen to the show it's it's not too hard a concept. You're basically fading what other people do in your pool. So if you're in Spokane, Washington, and you're in a pool, <laughs> you can expect that a lot of people are going to pick Gonzaga. So if you pick Gonzaga too, which is what the numbers are going to tell you, and Gonzaga wins, then everybody gets those 32 points for picking the champion correctly. It just decreases your odds of winning because someone's going to get lucky with uh, picks in the earlier rounds. So instead, the contrarian approach is to pick someone else to win the tournament, someone that's got a high probability, but that's not getting picked by other people in your pool. And so if that team wins, 
then you have a pretty good chance because not a lot of other people in your pool pick that team. You know, this worked out really well in 2019. Virginia came in with a very, very good team, came in under the radar because they had lost as a one seed to a 16 the year before. Um, they ended up being a contrarian choice, about 22% chance to win. And uh, it worked out that year. It's certainly not going to work out every year, but you're basically fading what other people are doing in your pool. I think you got to play the odds in the long run. Um, and for me, it's just, you know, it's, it's that two or 3% edge that you want to get, you know, as a better, that's the, the type of small edge you want to get. And you're trying to get that in your pool and applying that year after year. I, I love this conversation, Ed, because, um, you can apply this to other sorts of contests that we play, whether it's uh, Survivor yep. in the NFL or just any sport. What's interesting with contrarian strategy, Ed, is trying to figure out how contrarian do I want to be? So I can go against right. Gonzaga. I could take another team. But do do I want to have only one one seed in the Final Four? Okay, if I'm not going with Gonzaga, where am I going? Wh which team is most – so let's say you are in a pool, Ed, and uh, you're not going with Gonzaga because you know – let's say you're in the Northwest and you know at least half the pool is going to be on the Zags. Uh, give us a team right. or two that you would take. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the final numbers are going to look like. I mean, Michigan and Illinois would be two teams that I'm thinking about uh, in those pools. Um, and I think you bring up a good point, Joe. Like, you got to think about what pools you want to get in, right? I would actually be thrilled to be in a pool in Waco, Texas, uh, because I think that Baylor team is a very good basketball team, but I think they have some issues. But regression of the three-point shooting on offense. So I would love to be in a, in a pool in Waco and go with the favorite Gonzaga or maybe, you know, a pool in the, in the Midwest. And, and be able to pick the favorite Gonzaga. And then, then there's the questions like, is Gonzaga going to be the public favorite? I think there's a lot of narrative that they play in this week conference and they haven't played a top 25 opponent or a top 10 opponent in two months. So how are they going to be? You can figure out what the public is doing by going to ESPN and they publish the fraction of brackets that pick each team as champion. So that's, that's the data that I use to get a general sense of what people are picking. But then, obviously, you want to be very uh, conscious of exactly the pool you're in, right? If you're in a pool in Ann Arbor, things are going to look different. If you're in a pool in Chicago, Illinois, things are going to look different. Those are the types of things that you want to fade. And those are the types of things you want to think about right now as to which pools you're getting in. Ed Fang with me this week on my BetQL Daily Podcast. Subscribe to check out the entire conversation along with uh, a bunch of other conversations which will give you some actionable information let's go to the ice right now on early odds and out to the alpamonte ford hotline alpamonte ford in melrose park on north avenue or ap4.com alex b smith joins me he's on twitter at ax smith sports his twitter handle says born and raised on the south side of chicago find some of his work <laughs> covers.com he also co-hosts the ice guys podcast alex been too long how are you Oh, I'm doing good, Joe. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, has uh, your NHL season been going well so far? Yes, it has. It started off a little sluggish, which, you know, I think a, a lot of uh, ha different handicappers I talk to and, and work alongside, we all kind of had the same slow start because this is, a you know, obviously a tremendously different season, uh, you know, shortened with 56 games, but you got these two and three game sets, kind of like a, a college hockey schedule or a baseball schedule that, you know, where you have these series and you travel and you're back home. Uh, so it was a kind of a weird feeling out process, but, you know, getting things rolling and there's a lot of trends and angles that have developed. Now we're at the halfway point 
Uh, most teams have played, with the odd exception of teams that were uh, held back due to COVID protocols, but most teams have played within 24 to 28 games out of the 56-game schedule. So things are rolling nicely into the second half of the season and getting ready for the playoffs. Growing up, a uh, big Blackhawks fan. Want to get your thoughts on them. Just uh, the team overall thus far and how you've been attacking them this year from a betting perspective. I mean, as a fan, I'm I'm thrilled. I thought this was going to be, you know, one of the the worst Hawks seasons we had seen since, uh, you know, the old days, of, you know, in the turn of the century, uh, in, in the early 2000s. But they played really well. They're, you know, 14, 9, and 5. Uh, and the fact that, you know, they've had emerging stars like Kevin Lincoln in the net, uh, you know, he was the third string goalie at the beginning of the year. All of a sudden, he's now, uh, you know, a, a finalist potentially for the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. Uh, you know, guys like Pius Suter, Philip Kurashev, uh, these names that you know we weren't expecting to see really if if they were going to play they were just going to you know start developing getting some time in the NHL but they're actually contributing along with of course Patrick Kane who's having a marvelous MVP caliber season Alex DeBrinket is scoring well so this team for them to be down two great players in in Jonathan Taves and Kirby Doc uh, now and of course the the retirement uh, of Brent Seabrook as well. This Hawks team has been very impressive, and I've been able to cash with them a lot as underdogs, especially when Lankinen's in net, uh, because of the fact that you know he was you know came out of nowhere and there was a lot of good value on him, and books still really haven't adjusted to him. Uh, there's a big drop off with him as opposed to Malcolm Subban, the backup goaltender. And usually, if you can get a plus price for the Hawks with Lankinen in net, uh, you're always live to cash a ticket. That's always the story with every sports better this NHL season when you talk about the Blackhawks. Well, is Lincoln in it? Is Lincoln in it? Then I might, then I might end up uh, betting on the Blackhawks. Well, what about tomorrow night at the Florida Panthers? Are you looking at the Hawks? I am. And like I said, it, it, it hinges on whether Lincoln starts. But also, I just I like the Hawks. When you look back at the beginning of the season, they had a four-game set in Florida. So they played two against Tampa Bay defending cup champions and they got throttled and then they still looked shaky when they played two, uh, you know, in uh, St. Pete against the Florida Panthers. This is a much different Hawks team now than it was at the beginning of January. But on the flip side is a Florida team. They have offense, but it comes in waves. You look at how they won the game last night uh, against Columbus. They were down four uh, one in that game. And they rallied back to win in overtime, but the fact that they have to rely on a lot of comebacks more often than not where a Hawks team that, when when everything's rolling, especially in net, they can clamp down defensively at times. Uh, you know, the blue line's still the, the weakest part of this team, but even if they start to trade goals back and forth, I still like the firepower that the Hawks have with Kane and Debrinkit uh, and Dominic Kubelik. So uh, I'll, I'll be looking at possibly taking the Hawks tomorrow. If Lincoln is confirmed in that, I'll have to wait till the morning skate to make it official. Sure. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670. The score airing on a Friday night, typically on a Saturday morning, but Friday night over the next month. Uh, my guest, Alex B. Smith at AX Smith Sports on Twitter. He's a hockey handicapper. And Alex, only five games on the card tonight. Uh, anything that you're targeting? Yeah, the couple of games that they'll be starting within an hour or so. You got the Vegas Golden Knights heading to St. Louis. Uh, and these are two teams that have, you know, a lot of offensive potential, but they've got some serious question marks on defense. You look at St. Louis, they lost one of their best defenders in Carl Gunderson. He's out for the season with an injury. Uh, Jordan Bennington, who just signed a, a new six-year contract extension, 
he's been a little shaky. He's been one, three, and one in his last five starts. And that, and then on the flip side with Vegas, uh, Mark Andre Fleury is not playing in this game. He's not with the team. He's quarantined. He has a, they're not sure if it's an actual positive test, but he's in the protocol for COVID-19. So he's not with the club right now. It is Logan Thompson. Uh, who's put up some good numbers in the minor leagues the last two seasons. He was with South Carolina, the East Coast League uh, last year, and then had some uh, solid games with the Henderson Silver Knights of the AHL. That's a farm club for Vegas. He more than likely will be getting the start here. And Dylan Ferguson is his backup, another uh, draft pick who played with the Knights a couple of years ago out of juniors when, uh, for those who remember, Vegas had an issue where they had three or four goalies injured at one time. And they had to go get Ferguson from the juniors to play. So, with that being said, two shaky goalies and shaky defenses. I like this over five and a half. You can get it at minus a dollar fifteen or a dollar twenty if you shop around. And any sides tonight? Yeah, I like the Minnesota Wild, but I like them in regulation. So if you're you know looking through your app, you'll see sometimes it's listed as a three-way line or a sixty-minute line. What that means is you can bet on the side, but they need to win in regulation. If it goes overtime, your bet loses. And so I like Minnesota. You can find it. Normally it's 190 at a regular money line price, but you can find it all the way down to a dollar 15 or a dollar 20 with that regulation price. They take on Arizona who's been inconsistent offensively. They've had some decent goaltending with Auntie Ranta, who's had to play a bulk of the, of the minutes now because of Darcy Kemper uh, being back and forth with a groin injury. But Minnesota has been red hot at home. They've won five straight. They've also won six of the last nine meetings against Arizona at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul. Uh, this is a, a great wild team. They have a ton of offense. Their only weak spot really is the power play, which is uh, kind of baffling when you look at how they can score goals in bunches. But uh, if they get their power play rolling, this is a dangerous team in that Western division. So I like Minnesota minus $1.20 in regulation tonight against Arizona. With Alex B. Smith, covers.com, full card tomorrow. We've got 12 games. You Have you already circled some plays? Yeah, well, we talked about with the, the Hawks in, in Florida. That's one that I, I have circled. I'll be waiting for that. But another one that I really like, and I'll be firing on it uh, before the evening is out, is Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Uh, look at the over six goals. You can find it around minus a dollar five. The Buffalo Sabres are in an absolute tailspin right now. Uh, you know, they're they're missing their best goalie, Linus Olmark. They have to rely on Carter Hutton, who's been inconsistent for the last couple of seasons, and Jonas Johansson, an unproven, untested rookie that was just called up within a week ago. Uh, Jack Eichel is out. He's still been dealing with a neck injury, but he also wants out of Buffalo. It says, that, you know, there's rumors of him possibly being traded once he's healthy. Same thing goes with Cody Eakin, uh, more of a defensive uh, forward who is really good at the faceoff dot. Might be a guy that the Hawks would want to look at because they need some help uh, with the faceoffs uh, overall. And, uh, you know, you, you got Stahl. You've got a couple other players that are on that Buffalo lineup, the key players that want out of, out of this organization because they just keep losing year after year. Now you're taking on a Pittsburgh team that's starting to heat up. We always talk about them getting ready in the second half of the season to make their playoff run. When uh, you got guys like, of course, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust, they can light the lamp in bunches. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. So Pittsburgh, Buffalo, over six goals tomorrow night. Very good. Alex, about halfway through the season, is there still any value on the board when looking at cup futures or uh, just the division numbers? Well, you know, this year it's been a little interesting, and I, and I get this question a lot, and, and I tell people the same thing. I don't have any plays for uh, any futures with the Cup, and the reason is this. The playoff format is different this year. Obviously, we have our four divisions. Uh, you have the North, the Central, the East, and the West. They play each other in the first two rounds, so it's a division semifinal and a division final format. 
Well, there'll be a reseeding once those two first two rounds are done. And we don't know what the one through four matchups will be exactly. It'll go based by uh, total points in the season. So virtually we won't have a, a scope of how the quote unquote conference finals will look until the playoffs begin. So with that being said, and also you have the issue of we still don't have clearance for travel from U.S. to Canada. Uh, hopefully, you know, as, as things are progressing now with this pandemic, th- there will be, you know, a change between now and what we're talking about late May or June. But the North Division team will have to travel somewhere back and forth throughout U.S. and Canada in that seven-game series. So with all those variables in mind, uh, I'm staying away from the futures market. I'm just playing things day by day. Has there been any chatter on uh, when they're going to push forward and get the players vaccinated, or are we just going to wait a few phases for the rest of the country? There's there's been a a little bit of chatter, but the biggest thing, I haven't heard anything as far as vaccines for teams. I'm thinking that's going to move fairly quickly, but I know the talks about uh, having the border, you know, ban lifted in in this instance, uh, that just started within the last week or so. So we'll have more details moving forward. Alex B. Smith, follow him on Twitter at AXSmithSports. Find his work, covers.com, and also check out his daily podcast, The Ice Guys. Appreciate your time, Alex. Best of luck tonight, this weekend, and the rest of the season. We'll make sure to catch up soon before we get to the postseason. Sounds good, Joe. Thanks for having me. Jim Miller has been white hot with his horse racing picks. He has more winners next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Dan Bernstein. And Layla Rahimi here. Coming off 2020, the possible choices for the tournament of bad would be endless. We've had enough bad. It's time to celebrate the great. So we bring you the inaugural Tournament of Greatness. Where you determine who or what is the greatest of the great. Get involved. Selection Monday is this coming Monday, starting at 9 a.m. So log on to 670thescore.com slash greatness for all the info and to vote. Listen starting this Monday and be a part of the Bernstein and Rahimi Show Tournament of Greatness. Only on Sports Radio 670 The Score, a radio.com sports station. Brought to you by Humana, a more human way to healthcare. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Are you ready to make it rain? 30 days, 30 games, $3 million in free bets given away to point bet customers by Paige Frenick. Download the PointsBet app to find out more. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score with you on a Friday evening. This is the new plan next four weeks. So through the NCAAs, instead of Saturday morning, catch me Fridays at 6 o'clock right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse joins me on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford at Melrose Park on North Avenue or ap4.com. So, Jim, we've got the conference tournament games and college basketball in progress. Selection Sunday, days away. We can say hours away at this point, less than three weeks away from opening day. NFL free agency, the tampering period, but uh, it's not really free agency. That starts on Monday. Masters around the corner. Anything happening in your world? Oh my gosh, it's crazy in our world. We got live horse racing going on at Hawthorne. We got our third retail sports book opening up for points bet. So it's the perfect timing for that leading into just the best sports time of year. And think about it. We have an NHL team who's relevant. We have an NBA team who's relevant, maybe trying to work their way into the playoffs. This is an awesome time of year. Best time of year to me to wager on sports, Joe. So the points bet promo that I just read about the yep. the free bets given away by points bet, 30 days, 30 games, $3 million. Mm-hmm. 
that's almost over. That's going to wrap yep. up in a matter of days, right? Yeah, that's going to wrap up in the matter of days, and then they'll be leading into other stuff going into March Madness, which is so much fun. But this is a promo that's been a lot of fun because you're basically having multiple options to make money. You're putting 50 bucks there on the spread of the game for the Make It Rain game of the day, and then you're getting money back for every three that your team makes as well. We had a game last weekend where Michigan State didn't hit any threes, and PointsBest said, okay, we're going to give you 20 bucks back because they made none. So that's pretty cool with the Karma Committee that they do stuff along those lines. But you know what? There's always something going on, which is good. And I know leading into the tournament, they're going to have some chances to go out there. If you're making money and making wagers on the tournament, you're going to be able to get back wagering credits, and, and they're a pretty high amount. It's a promotion called Letter Rip, uh, based off Rip Hamilton, another guy with PointsBet who really – is doing a whole lot of promoting for them. So it will be a lot of fun. Very cool. So I know you have the sports book over at Hawthorne Racecourse. It's a temporary spot building out a massive book. Can't wait till we see that. I know there's going to be a booth there. I'm sure I'll be hanging out there from time oh, yeah. to time. Uh, Crestwood is rolling and points bet location number three. Where is it? Yeah, Prospect Heights is our third location, so it covers the northwest suburbs, which is something where there isn't a whole lot of reach to for the retail outlets. So it's at Players Pub and Grill right by Powaki Airport there in Prospect Heights, and it's a really nice setup. The ribbon cutting's on Tuesday, so perfect timing leading into the tournament. But you have horse racing, you have sports, there's a bar setup, there's food, there's an outdoor patio. So, so much right there. And you're going to have the self-service terminals along with being able to have people to make your wagers with. So it's a great setup, but perfect timing, Joe, leading into the tournament. Wait, so are you going to have the top hat on Tuesday? You're going to be cutting the ribbon? What's happening? I will. I'll be there, man. I'm <laughs> going to be right. out there on Tuesday. I was able to see the opening of the uh, book over at Hawthorne Racecourse. I've been able to go out there and check out the Crestwood location. So, hey, man, I'm going to make it three for three. It's exciting. And we still have one other location to scout out, which is really mm. cool. So the legislation has worked out nicely for points, but, but this is a great location. And again, hits those northern suburbs, and that's something that you really want to get that reach out towards. All right, South Burbs are set, North Burbs are set. One of the greatest times on the sports calendar. Anything as far as the horses for tomorrow? Oh, yeah. We're, you know what? We've been doing good. We hit last week again with another horse there with Life is Good winning the San Felipe. Three horses for Saturday's card. They're all at Oakland Park on Saturday. Race seven, bet the four tax across the board. Race 10, bet the six, Whitmore to win. And then the Derby prep is race 11, bet the six horse, keep me in mind across the board. That one wins that 11. Nice return. So I was talking about this with Chris Velika, the bear from ESPN this morning on BetQL Daily, just about all these different derby preps. And he yep. said the one bit of advice that he would give is, you know, don't overreact to these races. You, yep. you don't want to take a bad number. It's the big numbers, which won't be available later on that you do want to take as we're getting yep. set for the derby. Have you placed any wagers on big numbers for the derby? You know what? When you talk about big numbers, the one horse that I placed was the Fountain of Youth winner, a horse by the name of Greatest Honor. And we had this horse a couple of weeks ago. I bet it in the Derby pre wagers there before this horse raced in the Fountain of Youth and got 11 to 1 odds. Right now, this is a horse that's probably going to be three or four to one leading into the Derby. But you're right, with all these preps leading up, you're going to have horses that have to run well to earn points. So when you hit Derby Day, you'll have 20 horses in the gate that are all quality horses. That's going to be the next time to find your value there. Right now, they're doing everything they can to earn those points. But right now, you kind of wait until Derby Day and then really see where you can find that value. That's Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, we'll talk next Friday night right here on Early Odds, okay? You got it, Joe. Looking forward to it. 
And if you missed any of the last hour, you can always use the rewind feature on the radio.com app or subscribe to the Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast because uh, this one is going to be posted shortly there. We gave you Bulls heat angles, college basketball, office pool tips, some Blackhawks, tonight and tomorrow's NHL card, some horse racing winners right there. There you go. Got you covered. Fresh sports betting angles and interviews five days a week on my podcast, BetQL Daily. That's BetQL Daily on the podcast catcher of your choice. We're also live on the Radio.com app and the Radio.com sports YouTube page weekdays. 9 a.m. to noon. Mark Rohde is next. He takes you up to Bulls basketball at 745. And he's going to give you a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, and doghouse in this area. Talk Monday on BQL Daily. Here's to a profitable weekend, and we will talk after the brackets are out. Keep it locked on 670. to say I always add and And more more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.